The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home... He calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me. For I found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we hear two parables about being lost and then being found. And the question that I've been wrestling with this past week is what does it mean to be lost in the context of our faith? Now, according to our gospel lesson, the religious leaders say that when you are lost, that means you are a sinner. Now, being a sinner wasn't a good thing. That meant you were either a tax collector or you were poor or you were one of those on the fringes of society, those who were forgotten about. But Jesus did not care about any of those things. When someone was considered an outsider, someone was considered lost or forgotten, Jesus sat down with those people. Jesus ate with them. The Pharisees were watching this and they said, look, look, Jesus is not a good guy because he is eating with those who are sinners. He is eating with the lost and the forgotten. He's treating them like old friends. Now, in the context of our theology here in the Lutheran church, we think of ourselves as sinners, right? We are both saints and sinners at the same time. We are loved and adored by God, but at the same time, we know that we are not perfect. We know that we continue to sin. We know that we continue to make choices that might not be best for ourselves or for our neighbors. But in the context of our gospel, the gospel of Luke, he sees sinning as someone who's putting a pattern of sinning that is so habitual, even second nature, that the whole community knows about it. Not only is the issue of sin is happening, but the issue that it's in being intentional about it. And be, to be a saint in the Gospel of Luke means that, it, well, it doesn't mean that the person is perfect or self-righteous, but it describes those who actually achieve to live up to the law of the land. So this means that Jesus is welcoming the lost, the untouchables, the 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 forgotten, the public outcasts. He is welcoming them, not only welcoming them, he accepts them for who they are. He is befriending them. 
The religious leaders look at that, and they don't understand why he's doing it. And they try to point it out so that those who are starting to follow Jesus stop following him. It means the religious leaders were not welcoming those untouchables as Jesus was welcoming them. They know that if they did do that, that they would be breaking some sort of religious law. It would mean that they would have to set aside their differences and to love other people as God loves them. They're choosing law over love. To help the Pharisees understand the difference between someone who is a sinner and someone who is righteous, Jesus makes an obvious choice and he tells a parable, a story, about the things we lose. Sheep, a coin. And right after Jesus tells these two parables, it becomes the parable of the prodigal son, the forgotten son. He tells a story of things that were lost things that were cast aside, the forgotten, those untouchables of society. And what is those experiences when we do find those things that we lose? What happens when those who are forgotten about, those who are cast aside, are welcomed back into community and how happy that makes God? I think this is the brilliance of the, the, the way that Jesus communicates God's love to the world. When we hear this story, we, we, we set aside any assumptions that we make. We keep thinking, we keep wondering, we keep wrestling with the story until we understand it all. Which of you, Jesus says, searches for a lost sheep? Which of you, when you realize that one of your sheep goes astray that you start to look for that one sheep and leave the other 99 behind? Which of you puts 99 sheep at risk, leaving them in the wilderness with no protection, no shelter, to seek that one that was lost? And when you find that lost sheep, which of you races home to call your friends and neighbors to experience joy and to have a celebration? Which of you, when you lose a coin, you sweep and you search all night looking for that one coin? Which of you, upon finding that one coin, invites all your friends and neighbors to join you in celebration for that one coin? When you take these parables in a larger context, right, they really don't make sense. Why would you leave 99 perfectly good sheep your source of income as a shepherd, risking their lives to go find that one that was lost. You could end up losing the 99, and then you'd really be in trouble. Which of you, upon finding one coin, would throw a party that probably costs more than that one coin that you lost? That's the point. The illustration Jesus is talking about seems sort of ridiculous. This celebration that God does when the unrighteous or the sinners are brought back into community seems to be unusual, seems to be too good to be true. So when we come to church, when we gather together as a community of faith, 
when we search for ourselves and we look at the cross, we start to confess our sins out loud or in our hearts, when we hear the words of grace, when we hear the words of absolution, the forgiveness of our sins, it is then that God celebrates with us. God throws a party on our behalf. God invites us to the banquet feast where we again experience the love and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of God. Now, I know that we all try to be good people, good Christian people. We try to do the right thing at the right time, but no amount of convincing to really know that we're not perfect people, but God forgives us anyway. God is going to continue to love us, continue to welcome us with open arms and to throw a party when we pray to God asking for our forgiveness. We still fall short. We are still lost. When we get caught up in the swirl of life and we don't have time to center ourselves in the Word of God, in the fellowship of community, we get even more lost. We get even more pulled apart from the center of our lives, from our family, from our faith, from our community. Our priorities seem to go away. When we stop doing the things that we love because of our age, because of our life situation, we don't know where to go or what to do, we start to feel lost. When we try to fit in so hard, we stop being the person that God created us to be, we find ourselves lost. When we start to love the law instead of loving our neighbor, we start to feel lost. I could go on and on, but I know that there are those of us here today, as well as those who are not able to be with us today, who are lost. And we think about it. If we were to sit down and, and make a list, we could probably easily list all of the places in our life, all of the areas of our life when we do feel lost, when we do feel forgotten, when we do feel like we are on the fringes of society. But we do not define ourselves at our shortcomings. We do not f define ourselves on what we have done or what we have failed to do. We define ourselves knowing that we are found in the love of God. Because it is God who searches for us. It is God who finds us. It is God who invites us back into the flock. It is God who throws an extravagant party for each and every one of us. It is God who welcomes us home in his name. It is God who comes to us over again and again and again. And no matter how alone you feel, no matter how alone you might be, God's amazing grace comes to each and every one of us. We are not forgotten because God loves us. We are not forgotten because God is willing to do anything to show God's love for us, even sacrificing his one and only son, so that we do not have to worry anymore about living a perfect life. We do not have to worry about being the perfect person. We do not have to worry uh, every time we, we make a mistake in our life, because Jesus came into the world to show us how to love one another. Jesus came into the world to tell us about God's amazing love for us. Jesus came into the world so that each and every one of us 
Our sins are forgiven. Our hurts are taken away. And we will never be lost again because God continues to come to us each and every day. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, amen.